Welcome to the Wealth Academy podcast. Wealth is more than just money, where you will hear leading professionals share expert advice on how to become financially free, generate wealth, and legacy wealth. If you want to discover how to enhance your money mindset through strategies, tools, and techniques, then this is the podcast for you. Your host, Paul Lawrence Van, is a financial coach, two-time number one international best-selling author, course creator, and he has been assisting clients to enhance their understanding of money management to become debt-free, discover ways to build wealth, and to generate legacy wealth for over 18 years. Will you be next? Here is your host, Paul Lawrence Van. Good day, good day, everyone. I'm your host, Paul Lawrence Van, and our mantra is wealth is more than just money. And today we're going to find that out through an amazing, amazing guest by the name of Shaquana Watson Harkness. And she's going to provide us with some amazing, amazing insight into her journey with money and how she goes about helping professional millennial women to reach their financial goals. So I'm ready. I'm going to go over her bio and then we'll go from there. Now, Shaquana, she is a personal finance and wealth literacy expert with 16 years of experience in the financial services industry. She's the founder of Dollar Makes Sense. And her goal is to help professional millennial women achieve financial independence by shifting their mindsets towards wealth building. She's also a financial coach. Now, let me share just a little bit of the media that she has participated in over the last several years and months. It's Black Enterprise, Grow with Acorn, CNBC Make It, KYW News Radio, Next Advisor, The Grio, Yahoo News, and much, much more. So the bottom line is this. If you're struggling to achieve your financial goals because you don't have a plan or where to start, you need to work with Shaquana. Shaquana, welcome today, and I'm glad to have you here. And uh, it's just amazing, amazing day. People are going to learn a lot, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with the process as well. So welcome and uh, one of the things I want to ask you is, what is the genesis for how you got started? Who and or what inspired you to get into the financial industry, which is a very important industry in the lives of not only individuals, but organizations as well? <laughs> well, thank you, Paul, for the opportunity to join your podcast, because I'm sure a lot of people need to learn how to develop and create wealth, not only for themselves, but for their family. So I, I thank you for the opportunity to let me be on your platform. So um, the genesis for me was actually, I guess, let me go to my personal finance story. So um, I was a broke college student. And I didn't, you know, I just wanted to go on spring break. It was a second semester, a freshman in college. I wanted mm-hmm. to go on spring break and I didn't have any money. I had a work study job, but of course, you know, work study doesn't pay the bills. Uh-huh. And I was coming back from class and I saw um, a table and they were promoting credit cards. Okay. And if you sign up for a credit card, you get a T-shirt and a mug. I don't know if they do that now, <laughs> but back in the day, they did. Uh-huh. So I walked up to the young lady and she said, yeah, just put your name, your information, and you should get approved in a week. So she already knew I was going to get approved. I uh-huh. didn't know. Uh-huh. And sure enough, a week later, I got approved. I got a $500 credit limit. And I maxed it out. And I went on spring break with my girlfriends. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good time. <laughs> yeah, I had a really good time. I had them. I was my first trip 
on a plane. I went to uh, Universal Studios in Orlando. Uh -huh. Very nice. So it really started my love and hate relationship with money. Well, with debt, I should say. Sure. Because I like the fact that you can take this little plastic thing and get whatever you wanted, long as uh -huh. there was a credit limit on there. But I hated the fact that afterwards there was some regret because I knew that I couldn't pay it back within 30 days. So that sure. debt would linger for years and years and years. Uh -huh. So after I graduated from college and then probably over the course of the next 18 years, I racked up almost two over $200,000 of debt. Uh -huh. And I went through periods of time when I paid off debt, then I got right back into it a year later. Sure. And it was frustrating because at this point in my life, you know, I was a homeowner, I had a nice car, I made uh -huh. a very good income. Sure. But, you know, so I did all the things that you would think, okay, it's very accomplished for a professional woman, but I couldn't figure out how to manage my money. You know, basically when I got paid on a Friday, I was broke by the following Tuesday because I paid yeah. all my bills uh -huh. and I paid all my debt obligations, but I didn't have any money in my bank account. So I had to figure out for the next paycheck how to maintain my lifestyle, how to eat, uh -huh. <laughs> which normally <laughs> led to more credit card debt or doing a 401k loan or whatever form of debt I could get my hands on. Sure. That's basically what I did. So at the end of 2017, I decided enough was enough. And during this time, I was working for one of the largest banks within the U.S. So I wasn't in the financial services industry. Uh -huh. But, you know, just because you work in at a, at a bank doesn't mean you know a lot about financial That's literacy. Very true. Very true. Very true. <laughs> the reason why I worked at the, this particular bank is because I did work prior to that at a large defense contracting company. Uh -huh. But I was getting my MBA. Right. And I said, with my background, so my undergraduate is industrial engineering. So I am uh -huh. an engineer by trade. Oh, wonderful. By education. Uh -huh. And I have an MBA. So I said, well, my MBA wouldn't really align with this particular role I was in at the time uh -huh. in the industry. So I said, I think I'm work for a bank because I really want to understand how banks make their money. And I think my skill set was more valuable there with my MBA. Yes. So at the time I was working at the bank had over $200,000 of debt. I was miserable. I was ashamed because it was just very frustrating trying to figure out, you know, how I'm paying my bills, mm -hmm. how I'm going to get a position where I can be financially independent. So I said, you know what? I said, God, please find me a solution to get me out of this financial mess. I know you got an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. You know, sometimes they go to signs, but I said, you know, I am ready. I was ready. Uh -huh. So in 2018, I did some research and I found a nine-week financial coaching program uh -huh. that I knew gave people results wherever they made money, the same amount of money I made as far as income. Uh -huh. And a lot of people that made less than me got out of debt and they got out of debt really fast. And I'm like, well, if they can do it, why can't I, That's you know? Cool. So I took a leap of faith. I enrolled in that program, even though I was still not too convinced about it. But I said, you know, I'm going to just do it because yeah. I need to do something. Yeah. And I did my first budget. I, uh -huh. I never did a budget before. People hate the B word. They don't like budgeting. Yeah, because they, they <laughs> found it very constraining. And, and exactly. I was the type of person, and I still am the type of person where if I work hard, I want to play hard. I don't want to feel restricted on how I spend my money. Exactly. But I had to change my mindset to say that, a budget gives you the freedom to spend what you want. Yes. It's all about how you allocate it and just being very intentional about it. For sure. And I didn't think about it like that. Uh -huh. 
So I went through that program. And then 20 months after completing the program, I paid off $169,000 of debt. And that's currently what I teach my current clients, which are professional millennial, millennial women of color. Exactly. Fantastic. I'll tell you that story. A lot of people can identify with it. And a lot of people have been through it. Um, I think today I can tell you what's happening because I have a daughter who will be in college next year. They don't give you this credit card at the campus. They actually ask you this before you get there. Wow. <laughs> they're sophisticated now. <laughs> they ask you on, on, as, as they're fine, filing their financials uh, to attend school, to tuition and everything, they would actually put a block in there for you to talk to someone about getting a credit card. So they're actually wow. accelerating the process. Wow. So, so I know exactly what you're saying. So thank you for sharing that. Now let's move on to that time frame where you were having La Vida La Loca and you were going all over the globe. You were traveling, having fun, and you ran up debt and then you paid it off in X number of years. Let's talk about that experience and, and talk about how you paid off that debt while being laid off. <laughs> I know that's a lot, but you want people to understand this. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, I guess so. During that time when I was traveling and doing everything, uh-huh. you know, I was happy. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I was happy. I was oh, happy yeah. in debt because every, everybody was in debt. It was it's a very normal thing. Sure. So I didn't really think anything of it. But as I got older, I started to realize that there were certain mm-hmm. financial milestones I wanted to hit. Yeah. Um, as far as my retirement goals, like I wanted to retire at a certain age. And uh-huh. at that time, you know, when I calculated the numbers and my and um, my employer had like this retirement calculator thing. Yeah. And when I calculated, I'm like, I am nowhere near where I need to be. <laughs> and then I looked at my savings account. I'm like, no, like I'm doing something wrong. Exactly. So I started to kind of self-reflect and self-analyze. OK, what did I need to do to kind of turn this whole thing around? Because this is not working for me. Sure. So I think. You know, during that time when I was started the my debt elimination plan, once I completed that uh, NIME financial coaching program, I knew that I still wanted to maintain the lifestyle I had, but also pay off debt because I I just felt like it was possible. I didn't think I didn't feel like you had to make a huge sacrifice to where you're eating, Uh you know, like Dave Ramsey say rice and beans and, and, and live like a pauper to you know, pay term. off all this debt, you uh-huh. know? So what I did was I worked my budget. You know, I, I had a certain amount of expenses. Uh-huh. And when I looked at the expenses, I think before I went to the financial coaching program, yeah. I was overspending by $3,000 a month. Uh-huh. So of course I had to cut all that out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that oh, wasn't yeah. going to work. And yeah, with 3,000, you can really see where it's coming from as well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so I got rid of things that, you know, wasn't serving me at the moment, uh-huh. but it wasn't to the point that, you know, I just totally eliminated. So for example, as a, as a woman of color, I like to get uh-huh. my hair done. I like to get my sure. nails done. Uh-huh. So instead of spending $500 a month on those type of activities, sure. I reduced it down to 250 and then became sure. creative in other ways. So maybe I get my nails done once a month versus every right. other week, you and know, you that progress. So, Right. So I could still do what I wanted to do and maintain my lifestyle. But those small tweaks yeah. actually helped me with my de- elimination plan. And then, two, 
uh-huh. once I, I did the death snowball method. So right. what is what that method is is that you outline all of your debt debt yeah. obligations from uh-huh. smallest to largest. Right. You focus on the smallest one, you pay uh-huh. that off, and then you go up the ladder from there. Yeah. So when I saw that I was having those small wins with my smallest credit cards and line of uh-huh. credit. Then I started sacrificing even more on other expenses so I can accelerate those savings yeah. and in addition to accelerate my debt elimination. Yes. And not go back and, and charge the card back up again. <laughs> correct. Correct. Because I had a system before I didn't exactly. have a system. Exactly. You know, when I paid off the debt, you know, during that time when I had no plan, it was uh-huh. just so that I can feel good about doing something. But I didn't have a plan to stay out of debt. And that was really the key factor. Absolutely. That's what we want people to take from it, that once we pay that card off, it's happy time again. Okay, now let's go out and spend some more money. Right. (laughs) And it just ruins the credit score if you do that. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I wasn't thinking about good credit or anything because, you know, really credit is a reflection of how much debt you have and how good you are with it. So I really... I never really had a very bad uh, credit uh-huh. score. I did in sure. college because uh-huh. I had no financial literacy exactly. education. I just kind of learned from the school of hard knocks. So, sure. <laughs> and, you know, and at that time when I was a senior, I actually had to go into collections right. with one of my credit cards and uh-huh. I seeked out uh, credit counseling to kind of help me through it. Exactly. So that was the, really the only time where my credit score was probably in the 500s. Yeah. But after that, it was pretty much in the the mid to high 600s sure you know so i still had a decent credit score yeah, and i can still really do good. things but yeah but yeah it just wasn't serving me as far as okay it doesn't it didn't reflect how much i wanted to have in the bank so yeah. if i had a financial emergency i could tap into my bank account leverage my money versus leveraging debt yes yes but i tell you though even though it sounds like a really bad situation it's actually a good situation because you learn from it Right. That's right. The key. That's, everyone has gone through it. I've been through it. You know, everybody goes through it. It's a stepping stone and learning those lessons, which is most important. So uh, so let's fast forward. We've uh, gone past that. We've gotten our job. And now you've become certified as a series 63 and 65. So you have the knowledge to be able to share with people about finances and also to help them in investment or their investment portfolio. Share the importance of you as an African-American woman being in that industry with those series that you can help the millennial professional women. Yeah, it's, it's very important because one, I'm I'm a unicorn. Exactly. <laughs> very unusual yeah, I think, and unique. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, I don't have the correct statistics around it, sure. but I would say there's about, if I had to guess, maybe 3% of African-Americans exactly. or people of color are a financial advisor that have yeah. high, high, have a CFP or Series right. 65, those type of credentials. And then sure. as a woman of color is much uh-huh. less than that. Mm-hmm. So when people run across me, they can't believe that I have those credentials because they're like, I've never talked to a financial advisor. Yeah. And if I did talk to one, they're not a person that looks like me. Correct. That's so correct. that's the things that I kind of come up against every day. But it's so important because, you know, if you look back 70 years ago, sure. you know, my grandparents, they couldn't get a credit card. They, right. they could barely get a, a mortgage. Yeah. Right. They had to save up for everything that they got, you right. know, whether it's home repairs, getting their first 
home, get in a car because they were not allowed to get credit. Exactly. And now we're in a situation where people of color, we can get credit, we can get loans for the loans. most part. Yeah. And we're making more money. Yeah. And absolutely. the key with that is, you know, we're making more money, but we're the, the wealth gap is significantly wide for us. You absolutely. know, I think by 2040 or 2050, our yeah. average net worth is going to be zero, which is yeah. crazy because we yeah, make very good yeah. incomes, but we don't have that. We don't have the the information to close that gap. So as a financial professional, my goal mm-hmm. is to impact women and to let them know that with the income you have, whether you're a high six figure earner or even a low uh, five figure earner, you can build wealth with a plan and just having the right financial education. So I always tell people, if you don't know where to start, start with your employer because most employers have 401k plans, whether it's traditional or Roth uh, portion of it. And just start investing in that. And that'll kind of give you the, the kickstart that you need. And then once you accumulate a certain amount of money and you feel like you're in a position to do some additional investments, mm-hmm. go to a Roth IRA, you know, and do some other things. But it's all about just really taking those steps forward to yeah. set yourself up for your future lifestyle. Yes. And, and the research tells us that women handle 85 percent of women handle the money in the family, which yes, is even more important, <laughs> more important that they know, know the money and how to make it grow, because that's right. really what we're talking about. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's and it's so key because as women, we take care of everyone else, but we don't take care of ourselves. Exactly. So we just have to be smarter about how we're creating wealth passively versus looking at wealth is how much money you make as far as your salary or whatever, because that's part of it. Cause you know, your income is your, your biggest wealth driver, but as far as getting in a game of compound interest and making that work for you, you have to understand how investments work. And if you don't have a financial advisor, because if you go to a bank, Sure. Most banks, you have to have at least a hundred thousand dollars or more in assets before exactly. they and their wealth management program. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So if you can't do that, then at least know that. Start with your employer retirement accounts. Uh-huh. There's other accounts outside of that you can start, and just really start with mutual funds because those sure. are really the easiest to get into and really exactly. start to to build wealth. Absolutely, and of course we know the interest rates on everything is just so low. Right. But over time. Uh, sooner people, let's say uh, professional millennial women start investing, the more they would have because of compound interest over time. Correct. Correct. And that is so key. Yeah. You know, with building up, just understanding how it works, because yeah. I was telling a, a potential client that I think she was like 30 in her early mm-hmm. 30s. I said, well, if you put at least $50 a month, yeah, you can yeah, have a million dollars by the time you're 65. And she couldn't believe it. She was blown away. But it's true yeah, it's if you understand true. how compound interest works. Absolutely true. Because I, I can remember my mom, she would set up a Christmas savings account, $25 per pay period when she worked. Mm-hmm. And by Christmas time came, you walk into our house of 10 children, there was like a toy store. <laughs> <laughs> toy store. And I was the oldest son, so I took everybody's toys, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> Just a little bit, Shaquana, about uh, the, the um, roller coaster, debt roller coaster that people, uh, it's almost as if they get out of debt, 
but then they get right back into it. And of course, that entails a lot of mindset. Talk a little bit about the mindset and the importance of it when it comes to money and, and moving forward to progress the financial goal. Yeah, mindset has a lot to do with it because like I said, my mindset was, you know, I didn't grow up having money conversations with my grandparents yeah. and my mom. Uh -huh. You know, the conversations we did have is, go to college, get uh -huh. a good job, good job. and make yep. sure you don't get fired. Exactly. <laughs> Those are the three things that I stuck in my mind. Uh -huh. But in hindsight, my grandparents, and even my mom were great stewards with their money. Like my uh -huh. grandparents, like I said, they grew up in a time uh -huh. where they had to save money for everything. Like my grandfather always purchased a brand new car in cash. Uh -huh. Now, why didn't that didn't translate to me when I was younger? I don't know, but I just know that's what he did. And that I was saw very that. Smart. Very smart. <laughs> very smart. So a lot of money. So I think the mindset is a lot of times with us, people of color, is that, yeah. you know, we didn't grow up with money. So once we get money, we're like, we got to spend it because we yeah. don't know if we'll ever get our hands on this much money in the future so it's right. kind of like feast or famine sure. you know and the mindset shift we have to have is that you know financial abundance flows through me i am a money yeah. magnet you one. know money will never be a scarcity yeah. because like i said of how we are as a people and what we bring to the table with our education yeah. our skill set and just experiences you know money is out there it is. So for me, for yeah. So me, the roller coaster was just really changing my mindset on how I viewed money and uh -huh. not looking at it as I got to spend it today, but just kind of looking at it as I can spend some today, sure. but set some stuff, set something aside for the future and kind of thinking, you know, how I want to live my life in a future sense because i don't want to be you know grinding out until i'm 65. i want to yeah. be at a point where i'm in my 50s and i'm pretty much coasting to retirement yeah. and i'm doing things that I, i'm passionate about but i'm also making money passively so just having that mindset shift to know that you have to think about your your how you want to see your future self and Absolutely. that's where people can kind of get out of that roller coaster mindset as far as their um, past experiences or past exposures of how they viewed money. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And one of the things I really admire about you is you have a lot of resilience. And for a lot of people, they don't have that. They don't have that, that willpower. If you could share just a little bit about uh, still you're coming out of that 169000 or $200,000 of debt, and yet you were still able to build wealth at the same time in your portfolio. Could you share what that was like for you so others can also learn a little bit about that? Sure, sure. So um, when I developed my, because my, I have a five-step framework that I teach okay. my clients, and like I said, I, I, the, 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 the cornerstone to my framework is really working at financial blueprint. So looking uh -huh. at that budget and really being intentional on how I spend my money. So as I was eliminating my debt, it was important for me to still build wealth passively because I wanted to see, still see that investment account grow. Yes. So at the time, I was probably putting away 250 a month sure. to start. Uh -huh. And then as I started paying off significant debt and I increased it like a hundred dollars or more uh -huh. over time, 
to now I'm almost at a thousand dollars a month that I'm putting away for for my investments. But for me, that was important. What other people they may say, I'm going to just cut off my investments, take that extra money and put it towards my debt um, repayment. I mean, the elimination, I'm sorry, but it doesn't matter either way. But for me, I just Mm -hmm. wanted to because I know the power of compound interest. Yes. So I said, I didn't want to miss out on that for the next two or three years. And I'm so glad I did because, you know, in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I think I lost about 30,000 in my investments from March through May. Yeah. But then by December, right. By December, I made the 30,000 back and Uh I had another 40,000 in profit Uh on top of it. So (laughs) it's a wash. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I kept investing because I know how it works having that financial um, education and just knowing the the power of compound interest. So for me, that was important to do. But for anyone that's getting out of debt, you know, just having that plan set up, even if it's $50, it doesn't really matter. Just keeping yourself in the market Uh and seeing your investments grow will definitely make a significant difference within your investment portfolio. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I think that that is really great because again, a lot of people think in terms of an overnight success, it doesn't happen overnight, it's time. And right. time to leverage and, and, and continue to invest, you invest for the long run as opposed to the short term. Correct, correct. Yeah. And you can do a combination of both because I always get those questions too as far as uh-huh. should I day trade or swing trade? And I think that's sure. fine. I just think, with any type of investment, you have to have education. So seek yes. out a financial advisor yes. and do your due diligence before you do any type of investments. But to your point, you yes. know, at the time when I was paying my paying towards my um, debt elimination and then also investing, uh-huh. I had that account for about 10 years. So really okay. a power of compound interest kicks in about year seven and then exactly. it just kind of explodes from there. That's so it right. wasn't like I just started it like in 2018, 2018. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> People have to be patient. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And Shaquana, you know, uh, the pandemic, of course, has just been devastating for a lot of people. And one of the things that I want you to share is we know it changed not only individuals, but organizations, the people they, they work for. What do you see in the future for professional African-American uh, women millennial women in terms of looking at uh, investing and and saving in the future? Good question. Um, Well, I see that a lot of women are starting to get more into investing. Uh Um, A lot of them are very interested in the cryptocurrency. I know. (laughs) Which I personally haven't gotten into, so I can't really speak intelligently to it. But what I do know, anything that's new is risk. Yes. There's a lot of risk because there's a lot of unknowns. Sure. And anytime I tell people about investing, I always look, I always tell them, look at the 10-year performance of oh. that investment. Exactly. And you kind of assess, okay, whether it's something I want to invest in for a future or uh-huh. not. So I see a lot of professional millennial women of color investing in cryptocurrency. I see them doing a lot of day trading. trading. A lot of these women are looking for not only long uh, long term income yeah. where they retire, but they're looking for short term income because they're looking, they're looking for dividends. Right, right. Yeah. they're looking for the dividends because they want to invest in homes. They want to uh-huh. be 
real estate gurus hey, and they <laughs> crypto. Yeah. Or they want to invest in businesses because because uh African American women is one of right. the fastest demographics of business owners. Absolutely. They're using that income from the investments to leverage in their businesses Business. and help those businesses grow. Absolutely. So yeah. I see that as a trend that a lot of them are going towards that. But not to say that a lot of them aren't doing mutual funds or more um passive means of investing but uh -huh. i do see the trends in crypto and kind of getting in more into that day trading space because people want that that income now yeah. because they want to live the lifestyle that they want now versus gen xers sure. and baby boomers we're what like okay time. we're just trying to get to their retirement get the social security and everything else yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand see the tough part about crypto is is that with the uh, FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance, it's not really covered. So people are losing a lot. It's being hacked. So uh, mm -hmm. once I think Congress gets it uh, passed, whereby they have secure it, right. FDIC, I think it'll be okay. But for now, it's a little bit risky. Mm -hmm. I know people are investing in it. I know a lot of African-Americans are, are investing in it. But um, it's one to say you don't want to lose everything, people. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. So yeah, diversify, diversify. Yeah, diversify. So put a small amount of your yeah. your investments Investment. in that, and then put a portion in, you know, single stocks if that's something you want to sure. do. Single stocks. Right. But I'll put all. If I was a person, I probably put a lot of it into the passive investments, like mutual yeah. funds, ETFs, funds. right? Because they're more established, and you exactly. know that the track record performance of those type of investments. Yeah, so I would average. say about 60%, 60 to 70% of my portfolio would be that. And then yeah. the other 30 would be split between crypto and day trading. Exactly. Keep it diversified for sure. So our interview is coming to an end. I've had a lot of fun just learning so much from you. Uh, what yeah. else would you like to pass on? You have some events coming up. You can send people to your website. I have it here on the banner. Uh, where people can go to uh, dollarsmakesense.com. Yes. And then we also have you on Instagram at um, www. Um, well, we have LinkedIn as well, uh, www.linkedin.com forward slash dollars.makes.sense. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we have it there. So you can find me on Instagram. You can find yeah. me um, on my website, um, dollarsmakesense.com. Um, and also I have um, a 21 day savings challenge called Stack That Rack. Yeah. So it teaches uh -huh. you how to save a thousand dollars in 21 days. Okay. And the whole genesis, the whole premise behind that. Sure. is that in 21 days you should be developing savings as a habit yes so that's really right. the key of the challenge so definitely check that out if you're yeah. a person that's struggling with trying to figure out how to save money consistently or yeah. you don't have a savings plan at all yes and you also um have a podcast oh no not yet Okay, but you, you have I have a blog. I blog, do have right. a blog. Got a blog yeah, so dollars make sense. I do uh -huh. have a personal finance blog. And you see a post every week. Yeah. And you can definitely get on my email newsletter as well. You can do it through okay. Instagram at dollars make sense or my website. Um, and you'll see within the um, email newsletter, my emails, and you'll see my, my most recent blog posts. Yeah. But podcast is coming soon. I'll, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be the first subscriber. Awesome, awesome. All right. So we had a wonderful guest and Chiquana Watson Harkness. She has a proven system to help you create massive wealth without a six-figure income. She will be sharing how she can work with you on her platforms. 
out there on Facebook, on LinkedIn, Instagram, and more. So get out there. Again, her website is dollarsmakesense.com. And you can also go to LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash dollars dot makes, M-A-K-E-S dot sense, C-E-N-T-S. Thank you so much for being our honored guest. And I look forward to all the great accomplishments that you're going to make even more in the future. So thank, thank you, you so much. All Thank right. So we're going to sign out everyone here on Wealth Academy Podcast and go to uh, episode 191 on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review Shaquana's episode. And of course, she just shares so much expertise with us today, but there's more. And I want you to learn about that more uh, in the future. So have a great day, everyone. And I'll see you on the next episode of Wealth Academy Podcast. Thank you so much, Sequana, and have a wonderful day, my friend. Thank you so much, Paul. All right. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Wealth Academy Podcast. Please subscribe and rate this episode on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. To get you or someone you know assessed for Paul's online financial freedom courses or money coaching, in addition to resources associated with this podcast, email paul at info at paulvanspeaks.com. 